Episode 58. Season 2. On this episode of Aka Education, I get to speak with Evan Weisblatt, a middle school music teacher in the Lower Moreland Township School District in Pennsylvania. Evan will be talking about his middle school a cappella group Lion Voice, his beginnings in Temple University's Al Capella, and the difficulties and some strategies he has associated with the changing voice. Let's get ready. Aka Education starts now. It's the Aka Education Podcast. The Aka Education Podcast. How to Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish with another episode of the Aka Education Podcast. This is episode 58, and with me this week, I have a really cool dude. Uh, I actually had the honor of meeting this guy on Facebook not that long ago, and he was asking about middle school acapella. So that's what we're talking about this week. Uh, he teaches in the Lower Moreland Township School District in Pennsylvania. He's in charge of four groups. He's got a sixth grade chorus, a seventh, eighth grade chorus. He has Lion Voice, which is a phenomenal group, which we're going to talk about, and Man Choir. Uh, his name is Evan Weisblatt. Evan, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Hey, Justin, I am honestly so honored to be here. This is going to be so much fun to dig into middle school voices and middle school acapella. Yeah, man. I uh, Like I was saying, uh, Evan actually, on a, on a whim, I feel like he just messaged me one day uh, regarding acapella and him yeah. and I just kind of like just emailed back and forth with each other about know how to start a group mm. and and then you oh, know man. arrangements and stuff like that and uh to be able to finally have you know the conversation with him and share you know stories with all of you is going to be fun so um honestly let's talk about it uh when you yeah. first started in your position you know what was the drive to get you starting uh an acapella group sure so um and let me say i just can't believe that that was pre-pandemic yeah when i first saw so i saw your your group uh before i get into my story i saw your group viking voices which is was really my inspiration, but I'll get into mm. that. Um, and that's why I reached out and you so graciously gave me all of your advice and, and led me along there. But anyway, so, all right. So when I started in my position, I knew that I wanted to start an acapella group mm -hmm. because I participated in, or actually I music directed uh, Owl Capella at Temple University. Okay. Um, and a little shout out to them. I'm very proud of that group. They've gone on to ICCA finals and now they're going to, um, the National Acapella Convention, mm. uh, which is down in like, Florida, I think this year. Yeah, it's in uh, Florida this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be, I'm so proud of them. So a little shout out. But um, they're actually coming to work with my kids. That'll be great. So back to the story. Um, so I knew I wanted to start an acapella group. Uh, and like anyone going into middle school choral education, I first wanted to just get a feel for how things are going to go. And I noticed that I think going into it, I underestimated, which I'm sorry to say, but I underestimated the talent level and just what kids can do in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And for some folks in ninth grade, I mean, they have it. It's just mm -hmm. our job to bring it out of them. Right. And so, and so uh, I knew I wanted to get started. So I, I did my first year and the kids are already begging me, oh, we got to start Glee. We got to start <laughs> acapella group. We got to pitch perfect. I'm like, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. And so we go through board approval and all that. And this, my second year in my district, Finally, Lion Voice was born. Um, mm -hmm. 
Thank you, JD Frizzell with the inspiration from One Voice. So, uh, uh, so I started the group and just jumped right into it. And uh, our first arrangement was Brian Sharp's um, Attention by Charlie Puth. Three part, went for it. And uh, here we are a couple years later. And um, I'm just really proud of the kids. Nice. Really and I actually been able to do. I actually have, I have the video pulled up on, on YouTube and your yeah, story. No. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. And your story is actually very similar to mine because mm. I mean, I had taught eight years in a previous district, moved to this new district. And the first year it was, it was getting to know the students and stuff like that, mm. but it yeah. wanted, wanted to bring acapella to this school mm. as well. Had to get board approval, had to charter yeah. the group, that the whole nine. Oh, yeah. And one of the first songs we did was Attention. Nah. Brian, the Brian Sharp arrangement. I That's swear. awesome. That's so, you know what? I actually found your video. I found your video and totally played that for my kids as an example. Nice. And they were like, What? That's middle school. It was like, yeah, yeah, you guys can do that. And it's so funny because the kids that were in that group are now um sophomores and juniors, and they'll wow. be juniors and seniors next year because it was it was that long ago. But uh yeah, it's it's wild that it's a uh, it's, it was like that path. We both have very similar paths. And one cool thing about Brian is that, you know, Brian, um, I met him when he was a senior in high school with his wow. group in uh, Ohio. Right. Brody he, McDonald, right? Yeah. With Brody. Yeah. And then he ended up, uh, you know, going on to work and arrange and compose and, yeah. um, you know, and he writes some great charts for, oh, oh, yeah. for that age level, you know? So um, going into, you know, talking about the music, you know, you said you had a three-part arrangement that you worked with your group mm. because, I mean, for most middle school educators, they think three-part, whether it's SAB right. or three-part mixed music right, right, right. there, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So um, when it came to building your group, um, yeah. how, did you, how did you go about, I mean, I know that you had contacted me, but how did you go about trying to find the right repertoire for your students' needs? Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. So that is just the, the crux of being a, a middle school choral educator right there, right? The repertoire um, yeah. is everything. Uh, I mean, for every level, especially middle school. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, of course, went to JW Pepper to see, okay, what do they have? Yeah. You know, is there anything that's, that's decent on here? Is there anything that's stylistic that's, you know, actually contemporary? Um, and I found the sharp arrangement. And thankfully I did because, you know, I had a week between getting approval for the group and then getting the auditions started. So I didn't really have the time to turn it out myself. So anyway, right. so I found that three-part mix and I thought, all right, I think my kids can hang on this. You know, I'm used to our big seventh and eighth grade course, which has like 140 some kids in it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what it's going to be like in a smaller group. So I went in with thinking, okay, I'll have around uh, 20 some kids uh, thinking about, you know, ICHSA in the future possibly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, okay, three-part mix should be doable. So we go into it and um, my sopranos and altos, boom, like mm -hmm. e it was like easy for me. That's because it's a really well-done arrangement. It's really right. singable, super fun. It slaps. Um, and and for, I found for my nine uh, baritones and tenors, baritoners, if you will, that it, it was a challenge for them because mm -hmm. just finding where it, it sits. Mm -hmm. um, and so that really ended up leading me to nowadays um, just arranging for my own kids. Right. Uh, because not all of us have the, the luck of having enough funds to hire a custom arranger. You know, mm -hmm. like what I love to commission Shams or something like you know, yeah. that'd be crazy. Right. Yeah. But uh, but, uh, you know, I know that he his work is valuable. Be and so it, it's worth the value. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, sorry, that's my cats in the background. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's their time to shine right now. So, um, so back to, uh, so back to the arrangements, right? So now I, I churn out my own arrangements be, just because um, I know what my kids can do and I know mm-hmm. what will serve them best. And I can, you know, I just adapted run to you for them by pentatonics, nice. um, which is the, the Kirby Shaw actually, I think arrangement of it. So I just adapted it to them. But anyway, right before I did that, I voice tested, revoice tested all of them mm-hmm. because you know how middle schoolers are beginning of the year versus middle of the year could be a completely different voice. Right. So I voice tested them, figured out, okay, what, what's your tessitura and figured out what key to put it in and all that. And, and if I needed to rework some parts. Nice. So the short answer is I went in with three part mix, like a lot of folks and realized pretty quickly, if I wanted to get the best for my kids, I had, to, I had to go the, the, um, doing the custom arrangements myself. Right. I, I like that. You mentioned that you actually, you know, check their voices mid-year because I feel like high for elementary school, most elementary school course yeah. teachers don't really focus on that high school teachers. Maybe they do, but like as middle school teachers, especially yeah. with the male voice, like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, they could be winter before winter break there, you know, talking, <laughs> you know, you have yeah. male sopranos, they come back and you're like, who are yeah. you? You oh, know, yeah. all of a sudden their sweatpants are too tight, too high. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like you were shorter than me before Christmas. What happened? You know? Oh yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> it makes, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I have a kid who was so proud of his boy soprano. Mm. I love this kid. He's, he's one of our baritones right now. He's so proud of his boy soprano comes back, uh, mid year last year. And is uh, mm-hmm. you know, Yep. And he's like, well, I, I can still do the high notes. I'm like, you can't. We will work on it. We will work in some falsetto. Mm-hmm. But you're going to rock those bass notes. And he's like, all right. And now he loves it, you know, but it is crazy how it's just. Right. You know? Now, for you with the middle school group, you had mentioned that, you know, when you did the Brian Sharp arrangement, Sopranos and Altos, you know, killed it. And then your baritoners were kind of like struggling. Did you find that? You know, just doing contemporary acapella, doing acapella in general with mm. the middle school group, did you find that to yeah. be a challenge? And if it was, what were mm-hmm. some things that you tried to do to overcome those challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, well, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. um, okay, so I'm going to be honest. And part of this was uh, my first year doing the group, I, you know, I didn't have any, ex- any experience with middle school at the acapella, or, sorry, acapella at the middle school level. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, so my baritones, my tenors aren't necessarily at the level yet, but I think I can coach them to get there. Right. And what I quickly realized was that what in the end will serve them best is allow them to roll in seventh and eighth grade chorus, do their thing. Um, but when we're getting to the point where we're singing those close harmonies and we have no accompaniment to help us out, um, I really needed to just narrow down taking the baritones and tenors that could actually hang. Because mm-hmm. what happened was the sopranos and altos are crushing their parts. Like we're working on uh, shaping, we're working on styling. I mean, it, you know, really some advanced stuff. And I'm still s- sitting there with my baritones and tenors going, and they're going, mm, you know, yeah. As as we as we know, uh, just because it, it's not in that they they have a completely new instrument, you know, right. at this point in their lives, they're trying to figure out where it fits. Right. Um, so no fault to them. Uh, so anyway, the the a big way to overcome that challenge was just simply to, for, for this, it's a select group, which they understand as mm-hmm. I'm only t- selecting those kids that are ready for it because otherwise I just find it's frustrating for them. Right. And they get, you know, we, we get at that as educators, we want to give the opportunities and we, we want, we believe in the kids so much, but at certain times 
you know, we get that first hit of, you know, yeah, we, we gave them an opportunity that they're super excited about. Mm-hmm. But then when we find that they don't have the skill level yet to be successful at it, um, it's just frustrating for them. And, and they know, they know they're middle schoolers. They're the most honest folks on the planet, right? right? They know. And so anyway, a huge part of getting over that hurdle was making sure I only had in the group who could really hang mm-hmm. um, w- with the arrangements we were doing. Um, and then uh, apart from that, what I have also done, because I know that's not the answer for everyone, mm-hmm. um, is just worked with them and rearranged their parts, which I know is a common thing to do, just rearrange mm-hmm. the baritone part. And if I had to simplify it, um, you know, even if that involves reharmonizing some chords, right? Um, you know, our sopranos and altos at that time were going to be sounding so beautiful anyway. And, and let's be honest, I mean, we, as the choral educators, we're paying attention to the, the background harms, but mm-hmm. a lot of our average parents and family members in the audience are focused on the soloist. Yeah. And maybe the beatboxer if they're really grooving. Right. Um, you know, so if things don't sound exactly as we want, it's okay. Right. You know, in terms of those being so close to the original. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting you bring that up because, you know, we, you know, we went to school for how many years for to right. listen to these sort of things. And then when it really comes down to it, like maybe we're, too nitpicky sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that I'm a perfectionist yeah. and I'd like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you push that. And then when it all comes down to it, the parents, like, <laughs> they won't really recognize some of those yeah. things, you know, just because the ear hasn't been trained as much, unless they're music teachers themselves, you know, and I've had sure. parents who are music teachers themselves, but it's, it's definitely something that I think I know I personally struggle with, you know, struggle for that perfection. And when the concert happens, it may not be the perfection level that I wanted, but the audience reacted in a, such a positive manner that it kind of, it doesn't oh, matter yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The kids, the kids gave their all and that's all you could really ask for in the end, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's that, um, you know, if people, so this is one of my favorite Brody McDonald quotes. I went to camp acapella a few mm-hmm. years back and took, uh, I think a directing course with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, people know awesome and people want to be with awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to I interpret that in, in many different scenarios, but in this one specifically, the family members in the audience will know if it sounds good, mm-hmm. you know, generally good, and they'll love it. Right. And they'll also know if it sounds bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, so it, and then beyond good is for us as choral educators going, Oh, how cool can I make this? You know. Right. Yep. And uh, one of the things you actually mentioned when you were talking about uh, your baritoners, your baritones is um, reharmonizing or um, rewriting parts. And this leads me to my next mm-hmm. question is yeah. um, with the middle school, like the changing voice, you know, not just for males, mm-hmm. but for also females as well. Um, besides, you know, reharmonizing, rewriting parts, what are some things that you do with your students who may be struggling or or only dealing with a five note range, you know, mm-hmm. what are some things that you do with them to really get the most out of them and make them not yeah. feel, not make them not feel like they're not pulling their weight, you know, make them feel yeah. accomplished within the choir sound. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Um, right. So I'm saying excellent because I'm thinking about how I'm about to write my thesis mm. <laughs> about this exact thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. yeah. So, um, because, oh man, so many different strategies, so many books, so many opinions. Um, what I found is this, 
the basic at the basic level we're in a chorus for the social experience of making mm-hmm. music or make sorry i should say of making music socially mm-hmm. so if we put them in the position where they feel like they are a part of something um that will give us a base level of having them feel fulfilled right beyond that it's what can we do with it so what i found personally um is that in the beginning of the year, I approach it as two part with my seventh and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I usually have my baritones doubling the soprano line uh, because what I found is that a lot of the baritones just want to live down in, my voice is very exhausted. I also had you know school and drama practice today as well. So yep. oh, yeah. uh, my voice is living there right now, but they want to live <laughs> in the, uh, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, which is just if we drop the soprano part down an octave, usually right about where it lives mm-hmm. and for our tenors they are basically singing alto right, right. In, in our choral arrangements um so i plopped them over with the altos um and so that and i approach it just as this is going to be a fun winter concert you know we're really working uh, with a, the whole year in mind and then when we move to the spring repertoire at this point i found my seventh grader my seventh graders tend to have they can live a little bit lower on the staff um, in terms of if they start as a tenor mm-hmm. and I make them tenors, and it is not going to be perfect by any means for either group of boys. And, you know, the, the part of me, the music school part of me that thought, no, you must have your, your um, biological male singers living in their falsettos until they're fully transitioned and then, you know, what I found mm-hmm. when I did that, if I had them living in their falsettos, is they did not like it. it and that's not to say that goes for everyone, but they right. did not enjoy it. They would not sing. They, and, you know, uh, this is insensitive, sounds insensitive, but from a middle school boy perspective who is trying to discover what it means to be masculine. Mm-hmm in this world for them to live up in the a above middle C up to the C above middle C where their voice can really ring it. Right. You know, it, they, they feel like they're, and part of the expression, but in their eyes, quote unquote, singing like one of the girls. Right. Right. Um, and so I found they just wouldn't sing. So I mm-hmm. came to the point of, okay, well, I can go with what I learned in music school mm-hmm. or, and have my kids not sing or I can be at a place where they're singing. It is by no means pedagogically the best thing for them. And I mm-hmm. understand that, but they have a smile on their face. They're building community, they're bonding, they're having fun and it's a rewarding experience. Right. And I know that in some places you, some people may be blessed with the situation where their biological male singers are um, happy to sing up in their high falsetto. Right. I, I judged the middle school acapella competition a couple of years ago, and there was a there was a kid who was rocking above middle C and just owning it. Right. But mm-hmm. we don't all necessarily have have students like that. So anyway, um, so that's what I came to is that now in the spring repertoire, when the seventh graders who start out as tenors can live a little bit lower, I tend to arrange their parts to live uh, between what would it be like F3. To, mm-hmm. to middle C. That's what I try to make the tessitura. So they're not growling, but they're also not, um, yeah, they're not growling, but they can still produce a, produce a tone right. comfortably. 
And I have the baritones living there as well. So it's a little bit uncomfortable for the baritones because they want to live below C3, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, but they're singing together. And more importantly, when we do that three part arrangements, we can actually hear that third part. Right. That's smart. I mean, like, I like that you're, you're thinking more about the, the social aspect and, and, and whatnot. And like you and I didn't go to the same music school, but it, it, it was preached pretty much where I went as well. It was a situation where it's like, you know, you want to keep them in their falsetto, which mm-hmm. I, I totally get. I totally understand. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But like each voice is different. Mm-hmm. And, and from Every a different, yeah. Yeah. And from a social standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, first off we are, we're teaching at an age where, you know, you can get a strong amount of male singers um, in your, you know, sixth grade chorus. But once right. the voice starts changing and it yeah. starts squeaking, yeah. already there's there's oh, yeah. a, a shift in confidence and self-esteem mm-hmm. within that student. And then asking them yeah. to go even more out of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. In, right. in, in front of everybody else. It's it's that's where you start start seeing, you know, numbers might drop you know, oh, yeah. within your programs and you don't want that. You want to keep them as long as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once, once everything kind of like falls into place, once they maybe get up into high school, it's, it's no longer a bad thing anymore, you know? Right. So and um, that's not to say it can't be rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, from, from the choral educator standpoint who has, you know, the, we want to hear the harmonies and, and everything like that. And the blend of the balance, it, it is very rewarding when you see the smile on the, so uh, smile on their faces as, a, as they're crushing their parts. So right now we're doing a piece I love and they love uh, Jacob Narvarud, CC Nimoja and the seventh mm-hmm. day chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just love that. Hey, hey, <laughs> and it's brilliantly put in this range where both the baritones and tenors can hang and, uh, no, it's not on their falsetto. Are mm-hmm. they probably using way too much chest? Absolutely. Right. Right. But, uh, they feel good and they right. are having fun singing. And that is the goal at this point. And when they're having fun, we're having fun. And the last thing I'll say about that, just to slip this in is what I found is helpful is on days where I just have my tenors and baritones. Um, we do falsetto work day and mm-hmm. I just have them warm up in their falsettos and reinforce to them. No, we're singing up here. We're singing up here. It will feel weird. It will not sound good probably, but we're going to roll with this. Um, yep. And, and over time, what I found is it does help. It yeah. never is quite usable, but mm-hmm. it's at least allowing them the chance to explore that register of their voice versus nice. solely singing in that part of their voice. Right. Uh, you broke up, you brought up Jacob and like, we're actually doing one of my sixth grade chorus is doing be the change by him. Oh, cool. And all of my, my, uh, my male singers, you know, they love the, Oh, 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 <laughs> they like, they really dig the rhythmic, uh, Oh the rhythmic yeah. Movement of, of, of the music. And like, we, yeah. when we looked at it, they saw it and saw these 16th notes and all these ri- intricate <laughs> rhythms and they were scared and they've been killing it the past two weeks. Oh, I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally pumped for it it's another so way fun. another way that you and i are like randomly alike it's just, it's yeah right it's it is odd. pretty crazy yeah i mean which i feel honored right yeah. but um but yeah it's super that is it is crazy that we we're sort of from different ends and coming to similar conclusions yeah yeah and uh you mentioned now you mentioned scheduling you said you have days where you just have your tenors and baritones so i'm curious because yeah. there's so many ways that um schools 
set up their schedules. There's the, the yeah. nine period day. There's the, mm -hmm. the block schedule where you get the hour and a half versus just 40 minutes. So how does it work in your district that you're able to, uh, how often do you meet with your students um, with each of your groups? Cause yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if Lion Voice is, you know, curricular within the day or if it's like mm -hmm. after school or whatever, how do your groups uh, meet and how's that scheduling work for you? Yes. Yeah, so all right, so we have a few different models here. So my, my sixth graders, I see once every six school days, uh, but then I also see them uh, once a week. Um, and, and I pull them in sections once a week and then one full rehearsal at, at the end of the month. Okay. <clears throat> so I view that more as just, we're, we're really just laying the foundations, right? Because if you're only practicing once every six school days, yeah. you know, we're taking things slow. Um, my seventh and eighth graders is, is a little bit, uh, you know, I don't want to say more fun, but I get to see it more often and right. that's more fun. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I see them technically every other day. However, we also have a really high volume of students that are involved in more than one ensemble, which mm -hmm. is really cool because I love seeing the crossover of the musicianship. Right. Um, and so I'll see technically every other day, but then I have a, a crew of kids that will go to orchestra some days, a crew of kids that will go to band some days. And then I have my crew of kids that only participate in chorus. Mm -hmm. And so what I've tried to do scheduling wise, I'm very fortunate to have a super supportive administration, uh, really supportive. And they allow us a lot of flexibility in the music department Cool. over what periods we have our students, which is a godsend. Um, so I'll try to schedule it so that every so often, um, certain class periods will just be my tenors and baritones while the, we call them doublers, but like mm -hmm. the doubler sopranos and the doubler altos are off doing their thing in their other ensembles. And so I can give them the attention they need. And that has been um, huge, huge awesome. because they, I find, as I'm sure a lot of folks have found it, they're very hesitant to explore their voices while the sopranos and altos are there. They right. want to be ready to go when the Sopranos and Altos there. They want to be ready to crush it to sh kind of show off, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. it's a nice to have a little friendly competition and really kind of, yeah. like, oh. you know, show off. Because, <laughs> I mean, the competition, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, breeds, like, perfection almost. You Absolutely. Know, you want to keep pushing yourself to make yourself and better. And the motivation. And it's funny you say competition because in the, my, I'm thinking my period two, seventh grade chorus, um, I have five Sopranos, five Altos, and then 23 Baritones and Tenors. Mm. And we understand, you know, middle school voices are just naturally softer. They're smaller kids, right? Right. And so they're like, come on, we're so loud. Like, come <laughs> on. And I had to, you know, and a lot of these baritone centers were new this year. I was like, okay, we are going to be supportive. <laughs> and we are just doing our part because then when they came with the full group and there were a hundred sopranos and altos, they're like, oh. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, and then the, the last part of your question. So line voice is... Um, uh, extracurricular okay. so we meet for i boosted it up to an hour and a half rehearsal weekly this year i'm not sure what you do with viking voices but uh um we pretty much get them i only because we are extracurricular as well so um i have each of uh, the four music teachers we have two band directors two choral directors cool. at the oh, middle wow, school cool. so my colleague my choral colleague does select chorus twice a week mm -hmm. um and then our band teachers do jazz band and chamber music groups twice a week i get mm -hmm. the one day that they don't meet because oh, i have kids wow. that cross over so i only get my students for about 40 minutes what and you do all that with 40, get out, man. 40 minutes but here's here's the great what? thing with, with the students that are in the group is that they're willing to give up their lunches 
Um, uh, okay. Some of the students who aren't in jazz band or chamber music mm-hmm. group, they come for extra rehearsals on the two days a week that those two right, groups right, meet. Right. Yeah. So I still, I don't get a full mm. group. Like Friday is full group, but students who mm-hmm. want that extra work, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there okay. anyway. I'm like, come in, we're going to work on stuff. So yeah, that's like, helpful. We've been yeah. literally using lunchtime for choreography, you know, for this, the ICHSA uh, competition that we're putting together. Yeah. So their, their workhorses, they, they, they earn all of the Duncan that they're probably going to get the next two two weeks. So nothing like bringing some donuts and then boom, they'll do anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) They'll have the sugar rush to be able to have that stage. Oh yeah. Just here's a little munchkin. They're like, all right, what part do you need me to sing? Great. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's so wild because at the middle school level, the kids start really finding themselves and they start trying everything, the amount of extracurricular clubs. And it it just, it, it it grows even more in the high school level because Mm -hmm. through natural attrition, you start seeing students kind of leave the music program and kind of shift into some of the other things that are only offered at the high school level. So any way that we can hold on to them and really keep them interested as they move into the next level is is important and, and i'm only hoping that all the students that have gone through that program they still consider auditioning for the high school groups that we have because we have two we have a um, right treble group and then we have a mixed group at mm-hmm. our high school level that they continue yeah. on with that in some way shape or form yeah the, it's so interesting you bring that up and and that's there's two i have two thoughts about that and mm-hmm. one is that um well, i have a lot of thoughts but two main thoughts one is that that's one of the things i love about middle school Mm-hmm. is that we still get them yep. um, and they're building those identities that we get to be a part of that. Um, you know, I'm thinking of some kids that I have, I've these, I call them my, the wonder twins. They're these I, mirror twins I have, and they have beautiful voices mm-hmm. and they're both in like 70 different activities. Right. Yep. But they identify as singers. And so they're willing to, you know, they love coming to lion voice. They love coming to sectional. They, you know, e- even though they might have, a, they might be as late to, at school as I am. Right. Mm-hmm. But when we make these experiences meaningful for them and they feel that fulfillment, you know, they'll do anything right in terms of participation. Yeah. And um, the other thought I have about that is the identity factor. And so something that we were saying was that uh, so we are just one elementary, one middle, one high school in our district. Right. And what we were saying was, you know, I would have um, oh, man, like, you know, this year I have 200 kids in the program. Mm-hmm. But then when we get to the high school, all of a sudden it drops off. And that, that's no fault. We have a wonderful choral teacher at the high school, mm-hmm. uh, but due to scheduling. And also I found with an identity thing, you know, so, so kids would try it in middle school. They're like, oh, why is that seems cool? I don't give it a try, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they didn't identify as singers. So that's something my goal for this year is to just drill into them. You are part of this. You are creating art. You are creating music that is good and that is meaningful. You are a singer now, whether you like it or not. I know <laughs> that you love playing point guard on the basketball team, but you mm-hmm. are also a singer right? This is part of who you are. And just hopefully they think, oh yeah, I'm a singer. So I guess I should do chorus, you know, Yep. but as they move on. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I found that like some of the students that like we, uh, with our seventh grade program, uh, New York state requires music to be taught at, you know, specific grade level. So all seventh graders are required to take a music class. So if they're not in band or they're not in chorus, they're placed in general music. So every seventh grader yep, takes, same. right? Yeah. And, and what's yeah. interesting is I found that some of my former general music students who I had in middle school are now at the high school level. They're in chorus. That's they're wow. in, And like, I got, a, I got one who's the scarecrow in the musical. Yeah. 
And he was one of my, cause we're doing the wizard of Oz and he was one of my first seventh graders. And he had like the ability uh, at that time though, he mm-hmm. like, he was not, his friends would have looked at like, it, it was, it was, he was a, not ready for it. It was a popular, yeah. It was like a popularity it, yeah. thing, you know, and he mm-hmm. didn't think he was, he was going to look cool anymore or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. But um, once he got to the high school, like he, a lot of people saw what he was able to do. It was like, you got, you got to make your way over here. And he finally yeah. did and loving every minute of it, you know? So um, I'm yeah. starting to see that with That's some of the older yeah. kids. And um, hopefully that continues happening for your students is that, you know, maybe someone who tried it, Maybe mm-hmm. like it, they go back to it and say, you know what? I was wrong, you know, in yeah. middle school. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is just such a thing, especially because their voices are changing, right? It's just such an interesting age where you have your sopranos and altos and you have some that want to live lower than your tenors, right? Yeah. I actually wanted to talk to you about this most recent performance that you had. I, I believe it was at a temple basketball game. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause you had mentioned, you know, you, you went to temple and uh, mm-hmm. your students performed the national anthem there, but it wasn't your typical national anthem. It was very vocal jazzy, you know, like oh, it had yeah. some vocal jazz elements. So um, yeah. that leads me to like, that leads like vocal jazz is, is not easy, you know, and you nope. have middle schoolers <laughs> doing this. So how did that come about? And oh, um, what was that experience like being able to have your students basically oh. sing in front of like sing at your alma mater, first of all, but mm, in front of yeah. a, a pretty sizable basketball crowd? Yeah. Oh, man, that was so fun. That was so fun. And you know what? Um, with the with the pandemic, uh, that was the first I think my principal said that was our first field trip mm. since the pandemic started. And just to see the kids out of school, like we're on the bus, we're making well, trying to make a, a TikTok together and my, my kids trying to explain to me for like 10 minutes. No, oh, this is how the timing works. No, no, no. Anyway, feel super out of, anyway. Uh, out oh, of yeah, touch, no, but, I, I hear you. Yeah, TikTok <laughs> is wild, man. That's not just Instagram. That's a whole thing. But um, yep. anyway, so, uh, you know, just to see them having so much fun and then to see their faces as they walk in the stadium, they're like, what? Yeah. Um, and they see the, the players warming up and then we're warming up we're running, we're doing run throughs and uh, what would they call it? Like the, the tunnel mm-hmm. where the players come out of and to see the folks walking by just like, what, like, yeah. how old are they? Yeah. What am I hearing? Um, you know, it's, it's the dream. It's honestly the dream. And then to see them uh, perform that on, you know, on, on the center court in front of all those folks. Mm. Yeah, it was some, it was some, it was a lot of work putting that field trip together, but it was something. So, yeah. so we're performing on center court and, and to hear them, uh, in my humble opinion, just crushing these like crazy jazz harmonies. Like we have a, what was it? it was like a, a G major seven, six, a six, three inversion. And you got mm-hmm. your altos and mezzos on an F sharp G mm-hmm. rub. And it's like, <laughs> like yeah. landing on it with weird voice leading. Um, yeah. it was, it was awesome. It was just, it was so rewarding. And, the crowd's like what yep. and goes crazy and the kids feel so great about it um mm-hmm. it was awesome and so I, I do have to give a quick shout out to so this is my old high school chorus teacher Corey axler mm-hmm. at council rock high school south and he is you know the inspiration of why i got into teaching and uh, he that is originally a uh, take six mm-hmm. cover of the star spelled manner and he brilliantly adapted it for my my kids to sing it so just a quick shout out to him 
That's awesome. And I'm not going to lie, you know, you, you had been talking, you, we, like I said, we've talked well before this interview, you know, just mm, like, yeah. you know, bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, I saw yeah. that video, I was like, I want my kids to sound like his kids. Oh, so just oh, be, like, wow. it was like, like you said, like middle school kids singing vocal jazz and just the, the clusters of chords that were, they were singing and wow, singing them huge, beautifully was was something wow. and you Thank know you. the crowd reaction like it like your your kids deserve every accolade so, that they so get meaningful. from this point on yeah man that means so much wow it's awesome that's, and uh wow. i'm hoping you know if you have a copy of it i would love to post it in the episode description yeah. for everyone else yeah, i'll to send see, you, you know? uh, absolutely yeah i'll so, send you uh the video yeah awesome so it. um before we end up going i had two last questions yeah. um yeah. i wanted to circle back to your arranging because you had mentioned sure. that yeah. you have now started to arrange so um one of the things i always ask everybody on the show is how do yeah. you handle your arranging is it more organic um mm. or do you are you pen and paper note flight you know some sort of notation yeah. software or is it all right guys um we're going to be teaching this song here's the chord structure i want you to sing this rhythm here and you kind of build yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. so how does how does your arranging style work yeah uh so well, first I want to say that this has been a ton of fun. So I'm sad, you know, sad that our conversation is coming to a close, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a ton of fun to talk, to talk shop. Um, yeah. So uh, arranging. So I, I started out arranging in my college acapella group, which was super great because uh, we had so many people arranging in that group and, mm -hmm. and seeing people's different styles. So I learned a lot. And then my college roommate at the time, uh, his name's Sebi. He's, he's involved in the community. So Sebi Santiago Rivas, if you're listening, um, shout out to you. So he introduced me to the whole world of, you know, Shams and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Charlie Arthur and, uh, and that whole, and Ben Brom. So yeah. anyway, so I, so I, I started hearing all those things and, oh, and, and um, who arranges for one voice? Um, Robert, uh, Dietz. Robert, Robert Dietz. Dietz. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. So I'm hearing all these things. Um, and when I went to the camp acapella convention a few years back, um, the, one of the, I forget who it was, was really pushing the idea of, so I started out as finale, just plunking yep. in finale, thinking what's the chord structure. Cool. Um, and we were singing a lot of like, you know, the old do, 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 you know, that stuff. Yeah. Um, and they were pushing a lot of like, uh, uh, arranging by recording, yeah. the recording into a doll. And I was like, Whoa, what an idea yep. because you would put something in finale. And I know some folks that are super successful arranging just plopping it into finale. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I mean, I would arrange in a finale it would sound one way with the mm -hmm. crazy MIDI and finale. And then it, it wouldn't super be super singable, super fun to yeah. sing. Um, and so arranging by recording into a doll has been huge. And yeah. so what I'll do is, so I just arranged for them easy on me by Adele, which is going to be a lot of fun. It's gonna be nice. Fun. Um, and what I did there is I'll just record my piano with the chords. I'll record the solo. I'll have a basic idea of like how I want the arc of the arrangement to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll just mess around. And the beauty of arranging into, you know, I'll start off in GarageBand. And then when I make my practice recordings for them, I'll put that in Logic and make it mm -hmm. sound acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'll mess around. And if I don't like something, I delete, re-record, delete, re-record. And when I start getting things together, a lot of times, so for all the middle school educators out there, a lot of times I'll, the way I'll look at it is my mezzos and sopranos are a duet. Mm -hmm. My altos are going to be those, um, what are the, the pads? Yep. 
And if I have tenors, which I do have two great tenors this year, they will also pad with the altos a lot. And then my baritones will, ha will hang on the bass line. Um, and then at some points I'll have, you know, a trio between the soprano mezzo and alto. Mm -hmm. And then you can have a lot of fun from there with you. You can have, like, I just did an arrangement of last Christmas for the kids. Yep. And so, you know, at one point we have soprano mezzo, alto, tenor, baritone, and then we have a trio har uh, solo harmony. And so you mm -hmm. get like that, what, seven or eight part there. Yep. So you can have some ideas there with how you might want to expand it. So anyway, I'll have an idea of how I might want things to go. And um, I'll mess around with the mezzo line. I'll put that in a range that's singable for my mezzos. Then I'll usually just put my, um, my sopranos a third above that, mm -hmm. and that'll groove, and then the pads underneath. Um, and I steal a lot of Robert Dietz's pad ideas with like the one of the things they have is like, Na, 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 na. Yep. Na, 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 one of those types of things um and i'll give my mezzos and sops the riffs like we're we're singing like uh so stuck in our ways and you know yep. do those kinds of riffs those echoes um and that can be a lot of fun for the kids and so i'll just try to go for those ideas the pads the duets the cherries the echoes and just really mess around and then eventually i just land on things that sound fun and that are also singable and right. if they're singable it's doable right mm. So that's kind of how the process goes. And then I awesome. plop it into logic and edit the heck out of it. So it sounds okay. <laughs> oh, I, I know all about that. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. as far as when you, when you teach it to your students, you give them the recordings and they pretty much learn yeah. it by rote and, 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 yeah. and then boom. That's yeah, awesome. we do, we do a bit of theory. Um, but as we know, reading music for singing and sight, sight singing is a whole thing, right? Yeah. So, so they have a basic understanding, but they, you know, we're singers. We learn by listening. We learn our favorite songs by listening to it a thousand times. So I get, I literally give them a Bluetooth speaker. One of them hooks up to the Bluetooth speaker. I send them off to a practice room and they just drill it and drill it. And we come back and I coach them a little bit on styles and stuff. And then boom. And these kids, you know, with your select groups, they're, they're so good yeah. usually. And they, and they have the ears that they can learn it. And what right. they need you to do is just, they don't need you to teach them notes and rhythms. They need you to teach them the style, you know? Right how it goes for Absolutely. me at least yeah yeah man that's awesome i I like that approach i know that um some people poo poo that approach they they look down upon right. the uh teaching it by rote as opposed to here's the sheet music you're getting them to read music and it's <laughs> like you know and I, i've heard it both ways but in in reality they're performing they're making music and again like you said before that's what you're yeah. trying to get your kids to do is it's that social aspect of of making a performance and making it fun for them. So oh, absolutely. regardless of how they learn it, they're, right. they're making music. Yeah. Right. Let like do we, <laughs> we expect them to sight sing parts that are going to skip thirds and with crazy syncopated pop rhythms, like sightseeing that in seventh grade. <laughs> right? I mean, plus, you know? plus if you think about it, there's a lot of pop artists out there who don't read music. They're right. just good at what they do, you know, and you learning know it by rote and, you know what, Justin, like this is a thing for me. This is a revelation I had over the pandemic was when we get too intellectual about it, it ruins it for me, for me. Right. When we yeah. get into it, it's about the feeling. It's about having a great time doing it. And if we're thinking too much about, well, what is the talent? You know, yeah. like uh, what I want my kids to say is when they get their, what we would call the music, when they get their score, yeah. you know, I, I want them to say, I'm getting my score. I don't want them to say I'm getting the music. Cause that's, not the music. The music yeah. is what we're creating, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just a little thing for me. But anyway, oh. yeah, I, yeah, it's what is getting them to a fulfilling place, making meaningful music, right? Right. 
absolutely. quickest way possible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this leads me to my last question for the night. Yeah, is, yeah, um, yeah. What's, uh, what's next for Lion Voice? What do we have planned for the rest of the year? Oh, man. I'm, thank you for asking. I'm so excited. So, uh, so my, my old college group, I shouldn't say old college group because they're doing some crazy cool things now. Um, Al Capella is going to come down and work with them in March and workshop them. And, you know, I, I hope my kids' heads will explode just by how good these, this crew is, um, you know, Al Capella is. And then we are actually going to an acapella. It's more of a festival. It is, mm-hmm. you know, you could call it a competition, but it's really just about seeing other schools perform and having fun. Nice. Um, uh, so we're going to, it's at Tamanen Middle School in Central Bucks School District. So that's in okay. April. And then we're going to the music. Do you guys do music in the parks in New York? Something um, like that? Yeah, typically. Yeah, we actually go to yeah. Dorney. Uh, like yep, the, yep. Our schools go to Dorney Park yep. because it's not as crowded as Six Flags. Yeah. Okay. One of the biggest that, reasons why we go. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing Dorney, and then we're gonna. I'm working with my department head right now, who's also one of my my best buds. We're working on getting them in, into the studio. Um, you know, oh, nice for for a public school, right? Yeah. Studio and getting them recorded. So that's gonna be a ton of fun. Uh, so that's kind of what's up ahead. And then, so I w- I was actually a question for you. Um, sure. Is the ICHSA, like my kids right now, we're at a group of 31. So that's like mm. way above the cap requirement, probably, right? Yeah. I will say this, though. A couple of years ago, one of my great buddies um, who, interestingly enough, when I was in my professional group, I worked with mm. him when he was in high school, his high school group. Mm. He ended up getting in the same college group I was in. Oh, cool. Okay. And then now he actually runs a middle school group up in Plattsburgh, New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, his middle school group competed in the same quarterfinal as us a couple years ago and his group actually placed second and my group placed third but his group had about like 24 25 kids okay and all it was for him was a a contact to uh, amanda newman at varsity vocals oh Um, yeah no way and and and, and just like kind of like and asking and just say listen my group is a little bit larger um, yeah but we would love to compete and um and he got the okay. And what That's it really awesome. came down to is that okay. because of the size of the group, not everyone was able to get a microphone because typically oh, now sure. at yeah, a lot of these festivals, every kid's getting a oh, you know, yeah. the group has 18 members. Every group gets a microphone, but above that, you know, oh, it's, yeah. I would not want to be the guy mixing 31 mics. So. Oh yeah. But <laughs> what he, what, yeah. what, which was awesome. And I don't know if this will help you out is when, okay. uh, when you watch his, his group perform, mm-hmm. he, he knew that going in. So he knew sure who was getting those microphones. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it came down to choreography, you know, him and his choreographer were able to create moments for the kids who didn't have them oh, and kind cool. of give them moments to shine awesome. in there too. So it was, um, it really comes down to, you know, just contacting the people in charge okay. and, and asking permission. Cool. Okay. So they may be a little bit more flexible about it than the ICCA. So that's cool. I think so. Yeah. I would love my kids to do that just, just for the experience, you know, just oh, yeah. for the experience and, and how fun it is to see the other groups performing so high and uh, such high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before, yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I wanted to, to fit this in um, before, before our time is up that I just yeah. wanted to say, um, you know, I've messaged you this before, mm. but really uh, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was, we were, it was, this was three apartments ago. I was laying on the couch on Saturday night or something. I saw your post singing the bones, your kids singing the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it was just at their concert, not at the competition. Mm. And I was like, you know, this was before Lion Voice. And I was yep. like, whoa, like that is gorgeous. And like, do you hear that? No, do you hear that? <laughs> That's beautiful. They're middle schoolers. What? 
Yeah. And that's what really inspired me and made me think, wow, okay, this is doable. Like this can be a thing and it can be good. Yeah. You know? Well, I really appreciate um, that. And uh, I'll make sure that those particular students know it since I, I work with a lot of them in the musical anyway, because yeah, they, they love hearing awesome. that. And, and, you know, yeah, I mean, wow. it's so wild that that, because that ICC or the ICHSA performance that they did was a month, like about five weeks before everything shut down. I remember it was like the end of January and then literally like middle of March, everything shut down. And, um, their, their actual, it's so funny. Their last performance actually said their last performance that they had was a pops concert we did in March. And it was the day before we were told we'll be out for a couple of weeks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Here we are a couple of years later. Bonus (laughs) bonus winter break, right? Bonus winter break. And yep. Wow, but, uh, no but thank you for you know all the kind words and i really yeah. wish your group like all the success man and thank what i love well. hearing is is that there are these festivals and there are these competitions that are yeah. starting to come up and that's a big deal to me in the acapella community because you're now creating networking opportunities for yeah. the kids and mm-hmm. you as you know you as the director are getting to see how other groups and other directors are working yeah. and it's yeah. a it's a constant learning experience so i wish them all the best i hope the recording goes well and uh thank you evan weisblatt thank you so much for joining me this week on the thank Education you Podcast. so much Absolutely. thank you so much this was so much fun so yeah, much it fun. was it was a blast man thank you we'll be right back take a moment to thank Evan Weisblatt from the Lower Moreland Township School District in Pennsylvania and the director of Lion Voice for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Thanks a lot, Evan. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on all social media accounts at Aka Ed Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now on TikTok. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes released every Monday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Acaville Radio, acaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.